Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 15th episode of What the Puck. I'm your host, Johnny D'Amico, and we have a lot to get into. Um, we have all these NHL playoff races uh, almost concluded. Play- playoffs are almost here. Uh, I think we have about a week, a little more over in the week uh, for the regular season to end. And then NHL playoffs begin May 2nd, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I I'm terrible with dates, I can't remember, but I do know it's early May, and we're almost at the end of April. So, before we get into all these uh, playoff races and playoff scenarios, first off, we have to talk about the NHL scoring. Yes, yes, my God, it has gone up. So, there's a there's a different bunch of different reasons why um, NHL scoring has gone up. First off, you have to think that this youth movement, it has so much skill to it with all these faster guys and, and more skilled guys because that's what the league has become now. A bunch of It's a more skilled and fast league with guys that are a lot younger. And, I mean, you can just um, think of guys that are, like, close to, you know, 100 points or around there, like the Huberdo, McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, McKinnon, those guys, Panarin, uh, you know, the the Austin Matthews, of the world, like, all, all these guys, you know. There, that there's a reason why there's a bunch of guys over a hundred points. Uh, Gaudreau didn't mean to forget him. Matthew Kachuk, his line mate. Uh, guys like Marshawn and Patrick Kane. You know, guys that just you know that are very high up in points. And usually, you know, we've been seeing just one or two guys hit the hundred point mark, or one or one or two guys hit the fifty goal mark. I think this year we we already have three fifty goal scores at Matthews, Drysidel, and Chris Kreider. Um, but. You know, there's so many young kids that are just like uh, scoring so much, and it, it's it's really you know even defensemen, man. Roman Yossi's almost at a hundred points. Makar is like in the ninety point, gonna be in the ninety point range. Um, you know, it, it it's incredible to see all all this uh, offense, 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 and you know, I really did think of it why it's happening, and. The reason, the main, there's a couple different reasons, um, but I think the main reason has to do with NHL goaltending. So, if you take a look at here, um, in my eyes with NHL goalies, okay, so we've been talking about, we've seen some elite goaltending this year, like elite of the elite. You got the Igor Shesterkins of the world, Ilya Sorokin of the Islanders, great year, uh, Darcy Kemper of Colorado, fantastic year, Vili Husso of St. Louis uh, when he took over for Bennington, having a fantastic year. Freddie Anderson in Carolina. And then there's other guys. Don't worry. I'm just, like, naming guys that are, you know, off the top of my head. But you have to figure, if the the trend for the elite goalies is way, way up there, and then you have to figure, the you know, if a lot of pucks are going in the net, then there's a lot of bad goaltending in the NHL. And you have to think, like, okay, teams like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Columbus, Elvis Merzlikens, he's looked pretty bad if you ask me. I know he's had a bad year. Um, John Gibson of Anaheim, he's been their uh, starter for most of the year. He's looked uh, pretty poor. I, I think Ducks fans agree with that one. How about a guy like um, Carter Hart of Philly? This guy was supposed to be their future, and I don't, I don't know. He, he battled some injuries, inconsistent play. He's looked pretty poor. Um I know Jake Allen really isn't the start, wasn't the starter for Montreal. Carey Price, you know, is coming back, but you know he he played a good majority for Montreal. He's not a starting goalie. Yeah, the guy I know I talked about Huso, but Bennington, this guy was supposed to be their future. He won a cup for them, and he had a pretty bad year. So, 
Um, another guy, Miko Koskinen, the Oilers. We you know we talked about goaltending in Oilers. Well, Mike Smith's back. There's Miko Koskinen played about half the half the games this year. You know he he stunk um, in net. So you know it's either a lot of uh, elite goaltending or, or or it just has to be you know porous goaltending from from the non-elite guys. There's, it seems to be no... I mean, there's guys in the middle ground, but it seems that there's very few guys in that middle ground right now, um, which which really does kind of stink. But it's the truth, man. It, it really is. You know, guys that have, like, save percentages of, you know, below 900, uh, guys that are playing 30, 40 games, I'm like, Jesus, that's hor- horrific, if you ask me. Um, and I understand there are a lot of injuries to uh, netminders. Like I, I, like, I know Carey Price was one of them. He went down. Um, pl- plenty of guys that, you know, got hurt during the year. Um, I know, I think Mackenzie Blackwood is on the Devils, you know, I know he wasn't like, doing that great, but I know he got hurt. Um, and, and the, the whole bunch of, uh, injuries throughout the year. So I do understand that does t- uh, take an effect in the play, but with goal scoring, I think over, um, I think it was last weekend, I think it was Saturday. There was 102 goals on that day. I think that was the, uh, um, second, uh, what you call it? The second uh, second most in NHL history. I think it was the first ever highest amount of goals in NHL history it was one hundred three back in nineteen ninety three, um, and you know there there's games where it's like the goal amount. You know there, there it, sometimes there's like we'll have multiple day games at once where there's like at least ten goals scored. I'm like, oh my god! You you see all these games with you know six five uh, wins or seven four wins and or eight goals, nine goals, even ten. You know. It's incredible to see, you know, all the like all of a sudden, you know, goal scoring has gone back up. At you know, for years since like the eighties and early nineties, goal scoring after that one uh, took a major dip, um, with because it became such a defensive minded game. Now with the the influx of youth and skill, you know, it's it's gone way way back up. And like I said, the favorites, you know, the favorites that do score goals, the teams like the Panthers, the Avalanche, the the Maple Leafs. The Hurricanes, the Rangers, you know, the the, the goal scorers, um, you know, they, they could put the puck in the net. But then you got the, those bottom feeder teams like the Canadians, the Devils, the Flyers, the, the expansion team, the Kraken, they're a pretty bad team. The, the Coyotes, a, a terrible team, you know, they act like an expansion team, you know. What do you want? They can't really do much so because they're so bad, you know, maybe that's why there's so many goals. There's just not a... It's not enough uh, parity right now because the elite teams are the elite, which uh, you know what? Maybe that's a good thing that certain teams just know how to how to the, um not I'm not saying they're cheating. Know how to you know work uh, their systems the right way, and you know it, it just means that the the other bad teams need to step it up in a real quick, fast hurry for next season, um or they have to have at least some sort of plan. Maybe I shouldn't throw the Kraken in there because they are it is their first year, so they probably they do have a plan. Probably we just have to see it. But those other teams, man, even a team like the Blackhawks, you know, how bad have they been? You know, how easy it is to score on them? So even the Red Wings, you know, teams that gives up like nine goals or ten goals sometimes, you know. So like I said, goal scoring is going to keep going up. I might put an article out uh, on the uh, blog. I will have more information at the end of this video or at the start of next video. But um, like I said, goal scorers are going to score, and uh, it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. But now that that's uh, said and uh, done with with uh, NHL goal scoring, I think we could talk about some Eastern and Western Conference playoffs, some scenarios. 
So right now in the we're we're gonna start in the Eastern Conference. We'll go to the East first, and then we'll do the West uh, in a little bit. But uh, right now, the Eastern Conference looks like this. With uh, I believe, like I said, every team is clinched a playoff spot um, after the Rangers beat down his last night. So wa- uh, Washington is officially in. But I think uh, actually no 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 I think it, what, what am I saying? Uh, they they're already clinched. My bad. But right now it it looks like the uh, Panthers will be facing the Capitals, the Hurricanes will be facing the Bruins, the Maple Leafs will be facing the Lightning. And the New York, my New York Rangers would battle the Pittsburgh Penguins. Alrighty, so the way I see it, actually, the so the Rangers and Hurricanes are actually tied in that Metropolitan Division at one hundred eight points. I think Carolina has the tiebreaker, and that's why they are uh, seated above. They both have seventy eight games played, so they both have uh, four games left. But you know, either one of those teams could come out. But if I'm one of these teams in the wild card, right, let's say I'm like the Capitals or the Bruins, right, I am, what's it called? I I think Washington, if they play Florida, I know Florida's gone on a tear because they are a high-powered offense. Let me tell you something. I would not want to face the Rangers or Hurricanes compared to Florida. And I'll tell you why. Because, well, Carolina, I'll give them a little short spiel because I don't get to watch too much Carolina unless they're on national television. Um, but... Carolina's got a they they have a young playoff team who's been there a couple times. They have the experience with uh and they and they have a lot of veterans now too, but their system, Rod Brindamore is probably one of the best coaches in the NHL, and he's got a system where that team just works and works and they don't take the gas off anyone. There's not like they they have some star players on the team, but they don't they they it's a team game there and and they really can wear you down after 7 games. So that's a team that scares me. And I thought Florida would be a little more scary, but Compared to a team like the Rangers, um, they're not as tough. Uh, the The Rangers are, are a bigger team, you know. Got like I said, they have third and fourth liners that that can play like a bar. I like like I said, that's what Chris Jory did this offseason. He got guys like Goodrow and Ryan Reeves, and he brought back Kevin Rooney. You know, big physical guys um, to really you know that and that have plenty of playoff experience. You know, to you know, know knows the do the little things um, uh, to to help win win a uh, try and win a Stanley Cup, but see the the issue with main issue of Florida is I still don't know about Sergei Bobrovsky. Now this is his best year with Florida. So when he when he was a Columbus, he was possibly the best goalie in the world at some point. There was a time and point where people are saying Bobrovsky was was the best man um, in Columbus. But ever since he got to Florida, he's really she struggled his first two years. This year, he's putting up serviceable starting goaltending numbers. The uh, goals against average is down. The save percentage is up. Um, this is the most amount of wins he's ever had with Florida. I just don't know if I still trust him. Now, they and now he's ha- like I said, he's having a good year. But I don't uh, want to say that I can a hundred percent trust him. His first two playoff stints with Florida, oof, they were pretty ugly. I have to say, um, he, they both got bounced in the uh, first round, and I, I don't. But if I'm not mistaken, Bobrovsky didn't ever even uh, didn't play all the games uh, in last year's playoffs when against Tampa. I think he uh, got benched in one of the games. So I, I, I still have to see it to believe it with Bobrovsky. I'm not saying he's a bad goalie, but until he can prove it with Florida, 
I'm not sold on him, and I'm more, more sold on Igor Shesterkin. Now, I know the Rangers, you know, they're 5 on. I watch them very closely. They're my favorite team, obviously. But I watch them very closely. And I know their 5-on-5 play sometimes is a very big struggle. And their power play carries them. But you know what? I'd rather take uh, Igor Shesterkin over them. But he's by far, he, you know, there was a horse race during the middle of the year. Um, but I have to say Igor Shesterkin is the number one goalie in the NHL right, right now. As I'm not saying career-wise. I'm saying he's going to win the Vesna Trophy this year. So kudos to him. Uh, but another reason why, uh, you know, Florida is not the uh, most convincing team right now. I don't know if Aaron Ekblad, how healthy he's going to be. If he misses uh, that round one against Washington, I don't know, man. Washington, I know they, uh, they've they been playing pretty good as of recent. I, I, don't, I think everyone, uh, you know, mistook Washington because, including myself, because I didn't think they had the defense or the goaltending to compete. But, you know, they've creeped back in. They're only two points behind the Penguins, so they could easily jump into third place. Um... And, and the Penguins could be the wild card team. So that could be a very interesting uh, scenario because Washington was uh, about 10, 15 points out. But they've crawled, they kept, crawled their way back in. They still have uh, guys that are scoring. Ove- I think, uh, excuse me, Ove- Ovechkin is the, uh, I think Ovechkin did hit 50. So if I did not mention him earlier in the uh, goal category, I think he did hit 50 this week. So, excuse me, there are four guys at 50 goals. Um, But, you know, Ovechkin still got it. They still got guys like Backstrom and Oshie and, and Tom Wilson. I I can't stand, but um, very important parts of that team. Got got guys that have, uh, they have a good fourth line, a uh, good forward group, I'd say, in Washington. And then even though the defense isn't the greatest, they still have John Carlson um, running the point, um, having a really strong year. So I don't know, man. If I'm, if I'm a team like Washington, I might be a little excited to play a team like Florida, an not an inexperienced team, but a run and gun team. I don't. I know Florida has won the last twelve games, but you know you can never count on uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. That might be their. Uh, they might have to go with Spencer Knight if he does bad in game one and two. So we'll see about that. Um, and like I said, if they don't have Aaron Ekblad, that's a real bi- unfortunate big loss. Aaron Ekblad is a, one of the top defensemen in the league, but injuries are a part of the game, and if they don't have him, I don't think they can win. And Going back to the uh, Rangers, as I talked about them a little, wh- whoever they play, whether it's uh, Pittsburgh or if they do get that first seed against the Caps or Bruins, Igor Shesterkin, like I said, is the best goalie. But it's not even just uh, that. I really do like this Rangers team now more than I did after the uh, deadline. Uh, excuse me, before the deadline. Um, they have a that that they have a really it is a real tough place to play. They have a real good. Um, home crowd uh, a large fan group obviously it's new york city the uh one of the um best places to play for uh, any any athlete i'd say new york is probably one of the best places to play um and playoff scoring does go down and i have to say their defense has much much improved um like i said their power play i think is third in the league at 26 percent. it's right behind toronto and st louis uh in that order but you know, they got some good defensemen uh, on this team. And I know Fox has won a Norris last year. He's having an excellent year. He's, his partner is lingering. But even the second pairing of Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba. Um, Keandre Miller is his second year in the NHL. And he's had a big leap. You know, he plays top four minutes. He And he's a solid defenseman, I have to say. He he truly belongs on, as a top four pairing um, on this Rangers team. 
And, and he plays alongside Jacob Truba, who has finally looks like he's earning that seven-year, $56 million contract that he signed with the Rangers uh, when they traded for him. But, you know, sometimes Keandre Miller, he leads the team. Uh, there are some nights where uh, Coach Gallant will play him the most minutes. Um, he's getting better with the puck. His uh, his offensive attributes, you know, he you know, it's going... He's not like a point getter necessarily, but he can put up points if needed. Um, and his his ability to join the rush and he and then his defensive game, you know, he he's a big body, um, but he's a long stick and, and um, that allows him to win battles down low and break up plays and just you know read the play. It, it, it's truly incredible. And then his skating ability, he's a very good uh, skating defenseman that can move from end to end. And I've seen that, uh, you know, for a kid, you know, that's incredible. He he's. He's only 22 years old, so the, the, you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. This guy is someone to watch out. And like I said, his partner, Jacob Truba, you know, struggled a bit when he started with the Rangers. But uh, this year, a massive turnaround, I'd say. 38 points in 78 games. Welcome. And uh, everyone knows uh, he's the Truba train in New York. You better keep your head up because this guy will fucking knock you in ne- into next Tuesday. Um, he's got 86 penalty minutes because he has to, every time he throws a big hit, someone wants to fight him and he can handle his own too. And then even this other kid, their other first round pick with the, in, this one in 2020, Braden Schneider. How about this? This kid is, uh, you know, he's battled his way into the lineup and he, he's on the bottom pairing, but you know, he's a rookie that, that they brought up the middle of the year and he hasn't looked back. I think he's been scratched only two games after they brought him up and he's, and he's taken a spot on this team. You know, he started in AHL. This guy is like a mini uh, Jacob Truba, I like to say. Um, he can throw the body. He's, he's been s- serviceable defensively. I know the, the metrics might not be the greatest on him, but that's okay. He's a he's a young kid learning the game, and he, and he you know, he does do the right, some of the right things. He just got to, you know, learn. He's a rookie. So kudos to Braden Schneider. Um, but other, other than that, um, that's the most interesting thing in the Eastern Conference for me. I think the Leafs and Lightning will face off in round one. And I think the, uh, what's it called? I think the Lightning will smoke them. Everyone thinks the Leafs uh, do have a better chance. But I, I honestly uh, think the Lightning will just hammer them. I, I think they played last night and the Lightning beat the brakes off them. And I think that's how the series will go. It'll be a five, six game series. Uh, the Leafs don't have the goaltending to stop the uh, Lightning. And then the other teams, like I said, um, you know, the Bruins, they might make a run depending on who they play. They're a bit of a weird team. I do like them right now, but uh, sometimes they're a bit up and down. And then Pittsburgh, uh, the injury to Tristan Jari, I don't know. Um, that's going to be a major loss for them. They might be- get bounced in round one because of that. So um, I think that's enough with the Eastern Conference now. We'll- Ooh, excuse me. We'll jump into the Western Conference because this is more interesting here, if you ask me. Not every playoff spot is locked up yet. Um, we got teams that are battling still. So in the central division, we got the abs wild blues in the top three spots. Um, the wild and blues are pretty much essentially battling for home ice against each other. And you got the predators and stars battling for a wild card spot in that division. Then in the Pacific, you got the flames, Oilers and Kings in the top three spots. And then right behind them in, in number four spot is the Vegas golden Knights. Ooh, boy. Okay. It, you know what? This is a uh, very, very uh, interesting race, if you ask me. So, we'll start in the uh, Pacific Division. That's what I'm on right now in front of my notes and my uh, statistics, I guess. But anyway, um, 
So, in my prediction right now, obviously, I think the Flames and Oilers, I think they'll both hold at 1-2 and two right now. I think they, they have proven to be the top two teams. Um, and I think the, the Kings will stay afloat. And I think they're going to – it really pains me to say this, but I think, uh, you know, Vegas might miss the playoffs. I think it's too late for them. You know, they got four games remaining. The Kings got three. Kings are at 94 points, and Vegas is at 89 right now. Um but I, I just think if you look at the scheduling here, the uh, Los Angeles Kings have uh, an easier schedule, if you ask me. The Kings go up against the Ducks tomorrow. Then Wednesday, next Wednesday, it's a back and Thursday, it's a back-to-back against the Kraken and the Canucks. Oh, boy, that is a uh, favorable schedule, if you ask me. And then you look at Vegas's, you know, it's not easy. I know uh, Sunday night they're home against the Sharks. That should be a win. But then... Tuesday, they fly into Dallas. You know, that's not a guaranteed win there. Then Wednesday, then it's a back-to-back uh, as they go on the road from Dallas to the Blackhawks, which I guess the Blackhawks are in a hard team. But then that Friday, they're in St. Louis. So, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a favorable uh, matchup to me. Um, I think, And Vegas has uh, struggled. If you look at their uh, recent games that they've played, they, there's a game, what's it called? Excuse me. Um, let's see. They they this in the, this month alone. I'm just talking about this month alone since the month of April, right? They lost to Can- the Canucks three times, which is embarrassing. Excuse me. They lost to Canucks twice out of three times, which is still embarrassing um, because they're behind them. And the Canucks are only two points behind them now. But the, we know we all know the Canucks are not a uh, true playoff team. They lost to the New Jersey Devils um, this week, which should not happen. And they got shut out last week by the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So, I don't know. They look like the season to be, they're not clicking right now. And I don't know if they have what it takes to uh, overcome it. And when I look at this Vegas team, it's weird. They The big storyline is they got Jack Eichel. And they have plenty of players. It's not that this team isn't loaded. I understand there's plenty of injuries uh, as we could look at their uh, lineup right now. But... It's really, uh, it really is confusing, and I, I don't, I'm about to make a bold claim here that, you know, it shouldn't, they shouldn't have done something, but I think it might have been a mistake to go after Jack Eichel. That's right. That is, I think it was a mistake, and here's why. I think they don't have the, uh, the chemistry. I think if they... They could have had. They could have William Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault, you know, as their two top uh, centermen. Well, also, that that was one of their big mistakes. I think getting Jack Eichel hurt them a little bit. Not because he's a bad player or anything. I still think Jack Eichel can be a star, but I don't know if he was the right fit for this team. I don't really think they needed a number one center. I think they could have had Carlson and. Uh, Marchesol, and I think they would have been fine, or even Chandler Stevenson, whoever you want to put in that second line center spot. And I don't think they would have missed the beat because they still had guys like uh, Stone and Pacioretty to help on the wings. So everyone thinks that they're weaker. And you think they would have had uh, Alex Tuck if they'd ever traded for Jack Eichel, who I don't know, he, he could have been in that top uh, six or nine to help out. So there's that. But also, I don't. I don't like that they got rid of Marc-Andre Fleury. I really, really don't. And I think that really hurt them because Robin Lehner, you know, he lost his starting job to Logan Thompson. And 
Right now, goaltending is probably the biggest weakness on that team. It's definitely not their defensive core, let me tell you that. To have Shea Theodore and Petrangelo um, you know, on your first two pairs, you, you throw in Braden McNabb and Hutton, who have very good experience as well. And then even the third pair, White Cloud and Martinez, is not bad. I don't think the defensive core is weak. I think their goaltending is a bit weak. I don't know if Logan Thompson can uh, truly be a starter. He's got to prove it. Which now is really not the time to be proving you're a starter. You need a friggin' starter at this point. Um, but I don't know. I like some reason this team regressed, and I have a feeling it's because of Jack. Ever since Jack Eichel, you know, got into this lineup, they I was expecting them to take off, and and they just ne- they kind of regressed a little. They they kind of you know, there are times where they look good, but at times it's like, huh, I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, I could actually take a look at how Jack Eichel is doing on this team offensively, at least. But I can't say that, you know, Jack Eichel has made this team better because they haven't been. He's gotten 21 points in 30 games. It's it's a little hard to judge. The guy did have a back surgery. But I I think uh, – I don't think Jack Eichel should have been – I think for Vegas' sake, I think Buffalo might have won this trade, which sounds crazy. But right now it doesn't look good for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and it was a really shit year. And I just don't think they have the right culture or chemistry because when you keep bringing guys in, you know how many new big faces you're gonna bring in. You gotta keep this. Uh, you gotta keep this group intact now for next season, so they can like play a full year together. I know their some of their top players uh, are hurt. Were hurt. I know some of their players are still hurt, like uh, Riley Smith, uh, a good player. Um, you know the fourth liner, William Carrier, a very good fourth line uh, checker. You know he's out. So. It's unfortunate, but I think Pete DeBoer is a good coach. I am not saying to get rid of him. He's not the uh, problem. He's been to two Stanley Cups with the Sharks and I think back in 2012 with the Devils, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the year where they ran into the Kings. But um, I do think they have a good a lot going for them. They got a strong fan base, you know, great home crowd. But uh, I, I And I think they have a good coach, but I think they need to um, – I think they need to just settle down and let the chemistry sink in because they keep changing it and changing it. You're never going to get, you know, comfortable with each other. So this group, I think, can make the playoffs this year. I think next year, I think it's a little too late. That's my prediction for them. And I think we're going to move over to the uh, other division. The We just talked about the Pacific. It's time to talk about the Central and the NHL standings. So... Like I said, I think the Avalanche have the uh, number. Obviously, they Clint, they've already had the number one spot in the entire uh, Western Conference, so no need to really go into them. Who, whatever wildcard team they get, they get. The Wild and Blues is interesting, only because they're fighting for home pl- home uh, playoff advantage, but they're end up, they're just gonna end up playing each other. So, um, it's really hard to say who's gonna be, you know, going out on top. If I had to get St. Louis is the hotter team, and I do like their goaltending a bit better. That that'll be a that's a coin flip. That'll be a coin flip that series. But I'm more interested to see the uh, who gets that uh, final the spot in the um, between the Predators and Stars. And right now, I think Nashville will uh, hold off Dallas. I don't think Dallas has enough to overtake them. And if I'm I'm on one of the top teams like. Uh, you know, Colorado or even the Calgary, if Calgary gets one of these teams, I'd rather play the uh, Stars and the Predators. And here's why. Nashville is no joke to uh, go up against. I know they are 
just the going to be in the wild card hunt, but they are not a joke to uh, be reckoned with. First off, the resurgence of um, Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne this year. Um, both guys have proven to be uh, number one uh, players in the, on this game. I think Duchesne already is already at forty goals, and if I'm not mistaken, Forsberg's is at forty goals or close to forty goals. So they have two very two very good. Um, Two very uh, star players up front, and then their best player, he scares me every time he gets the puck, and that's uh, Roman Yossi, who's um, very close to 100 points, like I said in the beginning. He's going to win the Norris this year. I thought Kale McCarr had it, but no, Roman Yossi's surge has, uh, um, the surge of Roman Yossi has really uh, struck in me, and, and he's been uh, on fire right now. He he's probably he's been their best player for years. Not only that he does he uh, sc- uh score so many points, but he's also their best defenseman defensively. He does he does everything exceptionally well. He he just there's nothing there's not there's really no flaws in this guy's game, and you know what? If I hope he does win the Norris, he he should get some MVP MVP votes the way he's played. Um, he, it's either him or Soros is the best player on that team. But kudos to Roman Yossi. But they also got some good uh. Secondary scores that no one really talks about. The um, Tanner Janos, the Jakob Trennans of the world. Those kids, uh, you know, really do help out the Preds. How about Michael Granlin having a uh, kind of refining his game with Nashville? Um, Phil Tomasino, another rookie, having a pretty decent year. Nothing, uh, not crazy years, but, um, you know, some depth uh, that they got. Pretty pretty good uh, Pretty good for these kids. I, hopefully they continue up in the playoffs. And like I said, UC Soros. Uh, the only issue with me is he's played so many games. I wonder how many, how much rest he'll actually get, um, and how fresh he'll be for these uh, wild card rounds. But we uh, UC Soros has been an absolute uh, menace for this team. He's there. There are times where Nashville's been outplayed, but they'll still win the game because this guy just makes save after save after save, and he looks unbeatable at times. And it's kind of scary when you have a goalie like that that could just win the game for you. And What's wrong with Dallas? I don't want to say there's anything too wrong with Dallas. I just think that, well, there is a little bit wrong with Dallas. I don't know. The the issue for Dallas, you see, they're a weird team because their top players, Ben and Sagan, have not been Ben and Sagan this year. But they have guys like Robertson and Pavelski that have done a pretty good job, um, even guys like Jason Dickinson, to kind of fill that void, which is good, I guess. And then defensively, they got guys like Haskinen and Klingberg, but, and even guys like Lindell on the point, but it's it's really hard. To, they, they're either, a re, it's weird. They either win five games in a row, lose five games in a row. And I just don't think, I think they're a very streaky team, Dallas. But I don't think they have uh, what it takes to uh, truly pu- push out the Predators. They, um, I, I don't know. I, I just can't put my finger on that team. They're, they're a very weird team, Dallas. You have to watch them close. I would have to watch them more closely to give a better full analysis of them. But I just think Nashville is just a better team. Um, I have seen Nashville play a little bit this year. They they are very uh, – do not be fooled by their uh, only having 93 points. They're a very, very good team. So if that was a team like, – I think they, right now they would go up against the um, Calgary Flames, I believe. Because actually no, because right now the st- well the stars are in the playoffs right now. Excuse me, but I don't know. Like they're they're like two points ahead of Vegas. It's a very weird uh, 
Very weird team, the Stars, but right now the Stars will play the Abs, probably get smoked, and the Predators will play the Flames. That would not be an easy round one matchup for Calgary. Nashville is not a uh, team to joke around with. So, there you have it. Um, we're definitely going to talk more about the playoffs when the playoff matchups are you know, set in stone. Um, whenever the regular season ends, we'll definitely have a conversation about that. I uh, just want to preview a little bit of the playoffs and how teams are doing with with uh, the the final races of the year. I can't wait for playoff hockey, and um, you know it's as a, as a fan of hockey and not just a team, but just a fan. It is so an, an ama- amazing to watch. It's it's the best sport on earth, in my opinion, and we're it looks like we're in for a real treat this year with all the amazing teams out there. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for this uh, playoff episode. Um, And we will all see you for next week's recording, which we'll definitely talk more about playoffs. Have a good one and stay safe, everyone.